to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Ravi. Hello and welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. My name is Ziv Raviv and we are here together with my partner in crime, Shachar Erez, investigating all things related to how to make your marriage more generous. This is important because once your marriage is based on the principles of a generous marriage, this will help you get more intimate, get uh, a better connection, even just discussing with one another will become something that is fun and enjoyable and useful and productive. And this is so important for anything that you do. Shachar Erez, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Ziv. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about small moments of generosity in our Generous Marriage podcast. Fits our title. Uh, So I'm excited about this episode today. Yes, quite a title that fits the actual name of the podcast as well. So we are the Generous Marriage Podcast, and today we're going to talk about small moments of generosity. And that is something that we need to understand. What are those small moments? How can we leverage generosity in those small moments? And in order to understand this technique and this tool, we have basically prepared for you three things. The first thing would be a story, a story about a couple that actually suffered from some problem in their marriage. And Shahar, you know those couples from being a counselor yourself. Of course, we changed the names and some of the facts so that it will be ethically right to share these details with you, to share with you this story so that you can learn from this couple. And then from that couple and from what is their specific problem, I have a feeling you might feel like you relate to their problem and maybe some of it is something that you also suffer from. But after that, we'll talk about a tool. It's, it's basically a tool based on ideas of all sorts of influencers in the fields of marriage counseling. And sometimes we take the tool and we tweak it because Shaha has the opportunity of testing those tools with the couples that are coming to him as a counselor. And then I get to test some of the tools myself with my wife. And then this tool is going to be presented to you in this show today. And finally, we also going to share with you some research. We always look for the data. We look for the research that was made to prove that the tool that we created or that was created for you by someone smart, uh, someone else, then when you listen to the research, you will know you can trust this tool as well and you should trust it and try it because it will make your marriage more generous. With that said, I think you're ready, guys, to hear the story of Lily and John. Shachar, take it away. So Lily and John came to me because they were really struggling. It felt like they couldn't say one word to each other without it becoming a fight. They had a two-year-old and they just recently had another kid, a two-month-old, and they just didn't have enough resources. They didn't sleep enough. They were busy. He was working hard. She was nursing and taking care of two babies, and they just lost it. They couldn't be a team anymore, and it made everything worse. It's really hard when you work so hard and you don't feel like you have a partner. You don't feel like you're part of a team, and everything you tell your partner becomes a fight. So they were really struggling. You know, they were sitting in my clinic and I was puzzled of how they miss 
heard each other. He would say something and she would get upset and I, it was hard for me to understand why they were so super sensitive to, to each other. It was obvious that their emotional bank account was in the red. Wow. So they, basically those two people, they just have nothing easy two years because becoming parents for the first time, you don't sleep much. There's so many concerns involved. You, you learn everything and your baby grows and everything changes again and again. You know, three months later, six months later, a year later, everything changes. And now he's already two years old. And now they have their second baby, which just means they didn't sleep for two years or so. And now they continue to not sleep. And they came to you on the verge of, of basically collapsing because they just cannot work together at all. Everything they said to one another becomes misunderstood and becomes one more reason to be angry. That's very hard. How can you handle this situation with them and just make them change their paradigm, change the way that they look at one another? So one of the things I did with them is I explained to them the concept of the emotional bank account. It's another metaphor that Dr. John Gottman uses to describe the connection partners have. In this emotional bank account, the currency is connection. So when you turn towards your partner and try to connect, you deposit in this emotional bank account. When you turn away from your partner or even when you just miss a bid for connection that your partner made, you withdraw for the emotional bank account. When there's a lot of money in the bank, Couples are generous with each other, love is flowing, they're easy with each other, sometimes they miss each other, but it's not a big deal. They, they know how to keep going and fix it and repair what was broken. When the bank account is low on funds, every little thing becomes an argument or a fight and it's like, eh. John and Lily, they were in the red. They didn't have any money left there. They were in overdraft and Because of that, every little thing became a huge fight. It was really painful to see. Yeah, I, in a way, it becomes a situation where I imagine like a list is inside each of those uh, people's mind. Like John has a list in his mind and Lily has a list on his mind. And every withdrawal that was made from the bank account was remembered. Like, I remember you took some money from the bank account by doing this and this and this and this and that. And so when they withdraw again, then even if they just go to the bank, maybe they go to the bank to make a deposit, but they're like in the vicinity of the bank and it makes you edgy. Like, are you seriously going to withdraw again from our connection bank account? Seriously. And the, so like, I understand why They are constantly, you know, edgy and pissed. And, and boy, oh boy, I mean, I've been there, done that. It's not a pretty sight to be in this situation. Right. It's very frustrating. You feel alone. You basically don't have a partner, even though you should have a partner that supports you. And I'm sure they did so many things to help raise their kids. I'm sure they had some things that make them connect to each other, like they live in the same place and they have their, their kids. But that's not enough in order to connect with one another as partners. And so what happened with them? How did you manage to explain it to them? So this metaphor is really clear and they saw how it's happening for them. And they also saw that they're so much in the red 
that even when they do try to put some money in the bank, they were both doing this uh, bookkeeping. You know, oh, you give me this now. What about all the times that uh, I asked and I didn't get, you know, this kind of scorekeeping and bookkeeping that is just horrible for a relationship. It's the opposite of generosity. And many times just noticing that helps. And then I also ask them to take a challenge of 21 days of depositing, 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 making an effort to deposit more than usual. I gave them a list of ideas of generous things they can do for each other. I also ask them to create their own list and tell each other what each kind of generosity would mean to them and how it valued for the one who's getting the deposit. And they took it on and it really made the change. You know, we also had to do some therapy and fix some other stuff, of course, but this was uh, uh, creating some baseline that we could work with. So basically, before you could even start working on some other problems that they had, in order to just bring them to alignment where they know that they are partners, they know they're in the same boats, they know that the shared list of dreams of both of them are important for the partnership, to just be in communication, you needed that stable ground of generosity. When you start to become generous to one another, then you can feel your feet on the ground are safe. You're not sinking in some quicksand or something, or you're not drowning in, in water. And, um, and then you could actually work on the rest of the things. We're not saying that, you know, this tool that we're going to explain, the small moments of generosity, this will not fix everything in your life. It will be the ground and the roots that allows you to then go ahead and work on other stuff. Right. That you have two good points in what you just said that I want to emphasize. One is safety. To do effective therapy, we need safety. And when they're at each other's throats, they don't feel safe. It's hard for them to be vulnerable with each other. So we need to create this safety and this generosity challenge, help them to remember their team and they be more able to be vulnerable with each other. Another good point you had there is about, remember how we talked in another uh, episode that Gottman found that 69% of problems in, in a relationship cannot be fixed. So what that means is that it's much more effective to invest in what is working rather than fixing what is not working. And generosity does just that. Just being generous with each other creates a bigger ratio between the positive to the negative through making more positives. It's hard to make less negatives. That's what we do in therapy, but it's hard. But making more positives, that's easy. You don't need a therapist for that. You can just listen to the Generous Marriage Podcast and start being more generous and start doing more positive things for your partner and it will make your relationship better, more satisfying, more loving. Yeah, and this is what we are here to do. We are here to give you tools to help you transform your life and your marriage into a generous marriage. And so here it is, the tool of today, of this week, is small moments of generosity. Tell us a little bit more about how this works. What is this system that is so powerful that people can take and implement in their own life? 
Well, the essence of it, the main idea of it is acting in generous ways, in small generous ways that you know that your partner actually likes. This is like the love languages idea. Don't just be generous in the way that you think is generous. Be generous in a way that will feel generous for your partner. And we made a fun game out of it called the Generous Marriage Restaurant Game. It will all be explained in the PDF, in the bonus PDF. But generally, it's about offering some nourishing meals to your partner and uh, letting them ask for what they want. And you provide this generosity meal. And it's fun and it's challenging and it will create more generosity in your marriage and create a fun cycle, a, a nourishing cycle of generosity. That's the idea here. Well, let, let, let's give them some examples of, of what are the meal, what are the actual dishes in the restaurant. Because as you understand, this is one big metaphor in order to help you play the game for three weeks in a row. Because what happens after so, three so, weeks? Yeah, so if we use uh, John and Lily's example, so because she was busy at night with the baby, so for her, something that was really generous was when John would wake up with the kids and let her sleep in. Or John was really busy, he was a lawyer, was, he was working really hard, he would come back home and then help with the kids. And then at the end of the day, he was just exhausted. But so if he would come back and there was a, his favorite dinner waiting, that was super nourishing for him. It showed him how she was thinking about him and appreciates how hard he's been working. Or another example... You know, she was standing on her feet all day, so rubbing her feet at night would just be super nourishing for her. We made dishes out of these acts of generosity. And like for him, if she would rub his feet, that would be nice. For her, it would be like an orgasm, you know, it was super nourishing. So it's about choosing what makes you feel good. There's a lot to be said about choice here because when you're presenting an act of generosity and that is not the one that your spouse really needs, then they don't show you how appreciative they feel for your generosity. And you might get frustrated and think, oh, that generosity thing, that doesn't work. Well, it does work if you provide the generosity in a way that gives some choice to the spouse and that it is personalized to your spouse. And don't assume they want coffee in the morning because maybe that's not that one thing that will really make them feel appreciative. And also, don't serve the dishes in the restaurant just to get something in return. That's not the generous way. The generous way is to, to have no expectations on getting something back. Right. Basically, you are generous twice here with this game. You're generous because you're going to do something for your spouse, something that they chose. So just by doing that, you're generous. But the fact that you go to your spouse and you're vulnerable, you're actually telling your spouse, hello, this is the dishes we have today. What would you like to have today from these? When do you want it? Do you want it in the morning? Do you want it when, when I'm back at, from work? And allowing that choice, that vulnerability of, maybe your spouse will say, I don't want any of your dishes today. She, she might say that. That's vulnerability. And that's, you know, something we already discussed on another episode because vulnerability is important too. It's, it, it's very generous to be vulnerable. And it's the one thing, one of the one keys that you need to take to an island if you're going 
uh, with your spouse and that's very powerful stuff. So this game is an opportunity to be generous and it's an opportunity to be vulnerable and to do it in a way that is also fun and what will happen if you do this for 21 days in a row? Well, first of all, your brain will change. Every day you get to express generosity and every day you get to show gratitude to something because you're both going to play the game. Hopefully, both of you will, will be showing generosity to one another. And so this is something that actually on other researchers that we talked about, showing gratitude every day actually changes your brain, actually improves the way you feel and the way that you can cope with problems and stuff like that. And so we definitely recommend you play this game even more than just a few days. Try to do that for 21 days. And all the details about the tools that we share, specifically with the menus, we prepared the menus for you. So you can print them and use them in this 21-day challenge that you basically self-maintain and do uh, with the, the game of the Generous Marriage Restaurant game. And all of that is already made for you. you all you need to do is go to generousmarriage.com and download the PDF. You go to the podcast tab, go to episode number nine, and it's waiting for you. You just download it. It's free, by the way. All of our bonuses are free, and you can do them. Before you go into the research, just tell me, did John and Lily really uh, got better from showing generosity? Did they really manage to get back to communication that is not so hostile? Yeah. Much, much better. They were able to feel like friends again, like a team again. They remembered why they had two kids in the first place. They, these kids were planned, you know, they, they weren't a mistake. It was just that they were struggling so much. It felt like a mistake sometimes, but it really transformed the way they communicate. We also had to do some other stuff in therapy and fix some hurts. They made the, each other and, and they work on their on more communication skills. But this really helped creating a positive baseline and putting them back into a positive perspective about each other. They were so much in the red. They started thinking the other was uh, meaning bad things to them. So, you know, they kind of lost connection to reality in some way because, of course, nobody meant anything bad for the other. So it created a good positive uh, baseline that we could work on. It was really touching. Yeah, yeah I imagine uh, like a bridge, a big rope bridge at the beginning that was formed between these two mountains and allowed them to start to meet in the middle and talk. And then later you built the bridge, you know, from better material and, and made it strong uh, through, the, through the other therapy that you did. But just making this bridge of generosity between you to suddenly allowing you to connect as partners, that is huge. So this topic is actually well-researched, uh, as you yeah. found out. So tell us a little bit about um, so, how... So generally, yeah, sorry. Generally, generosity is research and there is... Uh, in a way, it's a cornerstone of uh, positive psychology. There's a really famous research Martin Seligman made, and he found that uh, people who spend money on others are happier than people who spend money on themselves. And there's even some uh, neuroscience uh, around it. They found a neural link between generosity and happiness. And specifically about marriages, there is something in America, there's something called the National Marriage Project. It's at the University of Virginia. And they do state of the unions every year. They provide a document about how marriages are doing. 
And they found that couples that report highest uh, scores on generosity scale were far more likely to report that they were very happy in their marriages than couples who weren't very generous with, it, with each other. They found that this was especially true for parents, for couples with children. And they were three times, even more than three times happier. Couples with kids who were generous with each other reported being very happy three times more than couples who weren't generous with each other. Wow. So it's very well researched. Generosity is one of the reasons that humans are so successful. We're hardwired to take care of each other, to be generous with each other. And when we do more of it, we're happier, we're healthier, and we're more successful. Wow. So, guys, if you're listening to this, you need to understand, like, you have three times more chances of just having, just being happy, very happy with your spouse uh, if you actually practice and implement generous marriage tactics. And the small moments of generosity that was explained in this episode, like making a cup of coffee in the morning and like picking up the, the clothes after you take a shower and helping around the house in all sorts of things that are needed. All sorts of acts of generosity that you do because you know it's important to your spouse, that will actually make your life happier, your, your marriage happier, especially if you have kids that's just amazing. It's just, just amazing. So we will put the link to this research as well. There's actually two different researches, one about generosity in general, not just for married couples, and the other one was about generosity within marriage uh, done by the University of Virginia. We'll put all the links in the show notes, and all you need to do is go to generousmarriage.com to find that on episode nine. Shachar, do you have any final uh, results you wanted to share about uh, John and Lily or about the research? Yeah, not so much results, just uh, inspiration. And I know that uh, creating this uh, episode helped me, inspired me even more to be even more generous with my wife and, and to really feel how great it is to be generous with her without telling her I'm being generous. You know, just giving out of my own heart and how it makes me feel good. And of course it makes her feel good. And it uh, really was inspiring to see how it uh, creates this cycle of generosity. I love how uh, the tools that we share on the overall, they're all like a, a move in this special dance of life, this dance of generosity. So like when you start to combine another tool and another tool and another tool together, and you like, you show generosity and then you show vulnerability and then you, 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 you give some act of service and then you talk with the right language of love and like everything together starts to look like a dance. And your spouse is dancing with you in this wonderful dance of life and you become happier. You become a person that is more determined to get things done because you know that you're worth it. So personally, I want to say on the business level, I've been through some eight weeks now of doing a business challenge, which is something that I do. Um, and I, I made so much progress. And throughout those weeks, we've been practicing, Rotem and me, just like you guys do with Judy, we've been practicing the different tools that we talked about. And my mindset was so focused on maintaining a, a generous marriage. And I achieved so much success on business 
knowing that my wife supports me and is aligned with what I'm trying to achieve for us. And that is such an amazing fuel. Just the other day, my coach, I don't only coach people, I also am being coached myself. It's very important for everyone, just like you guys go to counseling, to counseling for, for therapy. Um, my coach said, asked me, what is the one thing you're proud the most? And the one thing from all of the of these challenge achievements, and I like I I published a book in the in this challenge. I, I did a lot of things. The one thing that I'm proud the most is actually my my success with my wife. The fact that we actually talked about the upcoming 12 months and what we want to achieve and got to alignment with our joint plans and how everything progresses us to where we want to be as a family, as couples, as individuals. Doing, doing this process was the one thing that I'm proud the most. And so I can relate to what you said about how you enjoyed this with Jody. Guys, working on your marriage is not just going to help you with your marriage. It's going to help you with, your, with the way that you feel with yourself, your self-esteem, your body, and even your business. Uh, Shachar, thank you so much for yet another episode of the Generous Marriage Podcast. Uh, I want to remind you guys that when you enjoy our Generous Marriage Podcast, that's great. But when you take things and put them in action, that's when you're going to really enjoy the fruits of uh, you listening to this podcast. If you just listened and you didn't change anything in your behavior, then you're not getting out anything out of this hour that you listened or 30 minutes or whatever. Uh, but if you enjoy our podcast and get something out of it, please tell your friends about it because that would be an act of generosity as well. You will feel better about it and then we could help more people through sharing ideas about generosity. We're just two guys that are uh, researching the generosity principles and are implementing them and are trying to make them accessible for you. So with that said, Shahar, thank you again and see you guys next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Thank you, Ziv. Thank you, everyone. See you next week.